Today's episode of the Sports Headline Show is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you are stuck in a dinner rut? Well, with HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy home cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Guys, look, as someone who loves chicken and trying to get healthier by the day, I really, really enjoy their chicken taco salad that they have listed on their menu right now. It's one of my favorite items that they are currently providing right now. So make sure you guys go to the link, click to the link in the description on podcasting platforms and on YouTube and go over to HelloFresh. You guys will get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Again, guys, an $80 discount, including free shipping on your first box. The link and the promo code will be down in the description. Please, guys, this offer is limited. So please go over, click the link in the description, and, you know, let's get back to today's episode. Welcome back to the Sports Online Show, guys. I'm here, Sean Davis. We are all, we are actually less than maybe 20 hours away now from kickoff. Uh, yeah. Week one of the NFL season, as you guys see, I've changed my name to this week one, damn it, because <laughs> Stephen Hagel on the show, co-host of the Guiltiest Charge podcast. What's up, Stephen? Nice to have you back. Yeah, man, happy to be here. We had a little uh, miscommunication yesterday, but uh, happy to be here today and happy to talk some ball. And um been a long off season so the fact that we're less than 20 hours away is uh is fantastic honestly i can't wait yeah it's been a long off season for sure uh really quickly um i just want to get your reaction so we kind of if you guys listen to get to your charge podcast guys got a little bit of it but if you don't uh and you are a chargers fan listening to this when the chargers made their cut their final roster cuts to the 53-man roster i mean i think the Cam Newton one, for example, for the Patriots was more shocking than a bad decision. But Tyron Johnson, as the Chargers said, getting cut. That was so confusing to me. He immediately gets picked up by the Jags. They wrote in like a breakout article list. He was one of my breakouts for the year. How surprising of a like cut was that? We listened to Brandon Staley's like uh, decision making and why he was cut or whatever, which makes it seem a little bit better. But what was your reaction to it? Yeah, like listening to Brandon Staley talk about it, you know, it, it makes sense. Like, I understand the logic behind it. But initially, when Daniel Popper tweeted that he was getting cut, like, I was shocked because, you know, it, it's not just that he was like a potential breakout candidate, right? Like, at one point in training camp, we were talking about him as like the as a, the clear cut wide receiver three for this team. Yeah. So, you know, unfortunately he got injured and while he was injured, you know, Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer both kind of uh, assume that role. And I think they'll share the snaps pretty equally for wide receiver three. They'll both have a big role. Um, so I think if he hadn't gotten injured, then we're probably having a different discussion today, but it, it still was shocking. You know, most, most of what we kind of expected for this offense, especially after you hear, Brandon Staley do the all in clips where he's like, we're going to throw this shit down the field. Right. You're like, okay, then Tyron Johnson's good. Like he's, yeah. he's going to make the team. Um, 
so listening to Brandon Slee talk about it, you know, definitely calmed me down a little bit, but you know, I, I definitely do not like the decision still today, but I understand it. Like he's not a special teams guy, you know, he's not a, a quality blocker. So like, I understand it today, but it was definitely not fun, you know, seeing that he was getting cut for sure. Yeah. And I mean, like, and you guys pointed out on one of your live streams, I think it was a live stream immediately after he got cut where like, if Guyton, who showed last year, he has, like, a lot of potential, but he has some drop problems that we don't know are fixed. Like, if something happens to Guyton where either he's not as reliable or anymore, you don't have, like, that vertical defense yeah. who will just, like, take a top off the defense because right. you have K.J. Hill, Josh Palmer, I mean, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I mean, none, none of those guys are slow in this, like, sense of imagination, but, like, Tyron Johnson and Jalen Guy like takes the top off defenses. And now like if guy something happens to Guy and knock on knock on wood, you know. Yeah, and it's not like they have a speed guy on the bench or not on the bench, on the practice squad either. Because at least last year, you're like, okay, you have Jalen Guy and like who's gonna be that guy, but you still have Tyron Johnson, you know, on the practice squad in, in case anything happens, you still have that burner. Now you don't have it because your practice squad guys are Austin Prohl and Michael Benny, both who are kind of like the, the typical short white slot receiver guys that don't make the roster, which, you know, sounds bad, but that's the truth. Um, so I have to think that if anything did happen to Jalen Guyton, that they'd probably add someone off the street because, it, you know, in the modern NFL, you can't head into weeks with not without having a true speed threat. And, you know, Palmer and Mike Williams are not slow by any means, but that's just not their game, right? Like both of their deep threats in their own different way, but that's more of like jump ball situations yeah. and crossing routes and, you know, being physical, they're not speed burner guys. And so I do think if anything happened to Jalen Guyton, they probably would end up signing someone off the street, um, which is definitely not ideal at this point. Yeah. So boo chargers, Ohio State. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, well, again, let's see if Brandon Staley made me feel a little bit better, but damn it, does Brandon Staley just <laughs> is one and run through a brick wall. For I know. That, uh, um, the intro of the uh, of the re most recent All-In episode, you're just like, I fucking love this guy. I don't know if you guys catch <laughs> but, but like hearing him just like basically make fun of everybody, be like, Justin Hubert had six offensive coordinators. I'm like, I fucking love you, man. Like, this is amazing <laughs> content. So he really does like, um, I don't know if you listened to his press conference last last Thursday um, where he was just like he talked for like 15 minutes about like his just coaching philosophies and like this man could come sell me like season tickets to the Raiders man and I'd be like all right fuck it let's go <laughs> let's go <laughs> shoot I mean it's a Texas but he might be even give me the to a couple Texas games like I know serious. <laughs> he's just a, he's just got such an electric personality and you know, again, I understand the logic behind it, but I'm worried about this lack of speed for sure. Yeah. So week one's tomorrow. They face the Washington football team. Um, how nervous or optimistic potentially are you, or is it more of a, a mixed bag? I'm honestly pretty optimistic about this game. I know that uh, the Washington defensive line is nasty, right? Like they go six, seven deep and, at both positions, or not both yeah. positions, like in total, like they have – quality backups at edge and defensive tackle. So like they're, they're nasty across the board, but I really happen to believe in the kind of plan that the chargers are going to present and also the talent, like, and there are some people who are happen to think like, 
oh, I wish the Chargers would play Washington later. I'm the opposite. I'd rather have them now because now. everybody on the Chargers is healthy. Yeah. So even Brian Bulaga, you know, it seems like he's 100%. Again, knock on wood, we don't know, like, how long that's going to last. But if Brian Bulaga plays, like, he's a top 10 right tackle in the league. And I think he'll be able to hold his own against Montez Sweat. You know, having Corey Lindsley be able to direct traffic and, hey, like, we're going to double team Chase Young on this play. We're going to slide protection to Sweat on this way. You know, we're going to have chip the tight ends. Like, having Corey Lindsley, I think, in this game, is where we'll see his impact the most. And at the end of the day, like Justin Herbert thrived with the worst offensive in the league last year. So now he has a legitimate offensive line in front of him. And that's, that's pretty much why I'm optimistic as well. We can talk about Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, One of the things that I found when I was looking at the game is that he actually was like seventh in the league last year in turnover worthy throws in terms of percentage, because he didn't start the whole year. So, him and Carson Wentz were like neck and neck for that seventh spot. So the Chargers defense is going to have some opportunities to make some plays. And I happen to think that they will. Um, and that's going to be huge for, you know, giving the offense short field. So I know everybody's kind of nervous on Twitter, but I, I happen to think that the Chargers are going to be able to win this game. Um, and I think they'll, I think the spread right now is actually even. Um, but if I were betting, I'd bet on the Chargers in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I think, there, I definitely understand why some fans would be nervous, but just like defensively, right? I'm not sure Washington. Washington is more like take the top off the defense guy with Curtis Samuel. He's out this week, um, and I think Bosa will be able to have. Especially, I'm really curious. I'm really looking forward to like how Brandon Daly scheme. We kind of have some sort of an idea of how he'll use Joey Bosa. Like we saw right. how use Aaron Donald in um and with the rams let's say in los angeles we've in los angeles and daniel popper he did an interview with i forget which washington football podcast it was we recently talked about it how like yeah the base will be a lot like a three four or whatever but like when they go to more of their nickel packages it almost looks like a four three because bosa will be more on the inside i'll be i'm really curious on how he'll use bosa tomorrow and then Darwin james is back devin let's go (laughs) I know. That's the other thing is like, this is the first time that we're having Derwin and Bosa healthy in week one since they've played together. Like yeah. that, that, that's crazy. And, you know, Chris Harry always points it out that they played like 10 games together over the last three years. So, you know, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. Bosa primarily lines up on the left side of the defense, the right side of the offensive line. And that's Samuel Cosme. Like that's a rookie offensive tackle who I was pretty high on, but at the end of the day, like he, is a a long-term project he's a rookie tackle you know he is not he was never that kind of top tier prospect like Rashawn Slater is or Panay Sewell and then next week like he's gonna go against the Cowboys backup right tackle which it might be Zach Martin but I I kind of doubt that and then the week after that he gets a rookie right tackle from the Chiefs Lucas Niang the week after that he gets a rookie right tackle in Alex Leatherwood so we might see Joey Bosa like really put his name in the defensive player of the year candidate hat like right away. And I think that starts tomorrow. I think he's going to have a big day. I think Kyler Fackrell has a good game as well because their left tackle is not very good either. So everybody's kind of focusing on the Washington defensive line, but I think the Chargers defensive line is going to be able to have a day themselves, which is going to be really fun to watch. Yeah. So if you had to pick, so now that Johnson's gone, if you had to pick a player, like have more of a breakout season for the Chargers, there's a few guys to go Kenneth Murray, you go somebody offensive, maybe a guiding. Who would you say is like the 
bit the players most primed for a breakout season for the Chargers this year? Um, I mean, I've been higher on Jerry Tiller than most. He's been my breakout pick for most of the summer. And there hasn't really been anything to like keep me 100% firm on that train, but I'm stubborn. So I'm going to stick with Jerry Tillery, Jerry Tillery. Um, I think he's going to be able to kind of uh, unlock himself. And he, he looked like he was ready to have a breakout season in the first four or five games last year. And then everybody around him got hurt. Then he was playing edge tackle. So I think the stability of the Brandon Staley is going to be huge for him. Um, and, and so that's kind of been my pick on defense on offense. Um, I think Donald Parham could be in for a big season. I know Jared Cook is going to be the tight end one, but if we see Donald Parham get up close to like 500 yards, get six, seven touchdowns, like I think that's in the realm of possibility, which is huge considering he had like 13 targets last year, uh, had a couple of touchdowns and it was fun. But, um, you know, I think he just creates such a mismatch with his size and his speed. And, you know, I think him and Justin Herbert have a quality connection and Joe Lombardi has always spoken pretty highly of him. So offensively, I think Donald Parham could be in for a big season. Yeah. So speaking of Joe Lombardi, well, going back to the offensive side for week one tomorrow, what can we expect from this Joe Lombardi led offense? Are we going to see a little bit more of like how, what the saints were running last year, a combination of that offense. We, well, Staley's kind of talked about it a little bit, but what do you think we should expect for this Chargers offense tomorrow and then for the rest of the season? Well, I think, like, if we look back on the first drive that Chase Daniel led against the Rams, that's kind of going to be how they build the offense for the start of the season. You know, we saw some RPO looks. We saw a lot of, like, short to intermediate passing. And those plays kind of set up the deep shots because I think everybody's kind of going to play Justin Herbert in the same way that they played, you know, Josh Allen last year and Patrick Mahomes the year before that, where they're almost like daring you to throw it short and throw it intermediate and have those 12, 14 play drives as opposed to just chucking it down the field. And that doesn't mean that we're not going to see that happen, but I think Joe Lombardi's vision if you will, is to kind of set things up for later on in the games. And so, you know, if we don't, if we're not seeing deep shots in the first half, I'm not going to be surprised because we've kind of seen that RPO short passing game, intermediate passing game kind of dominate in the preseason. And then every once in a while, Chase Daniel or recent stick with them take a shot deep. So um, I think it's going to be a work in progress until we see it humming like at a hundred percent. But I am definitely excited to see it come together because it, it sounds like they're going to do a lot of the stuff that we wanted Anthony Lynn and company to do last year with Herbert, which is, again, the RPO stuff, the bootlegs, the intermediate passing to really kind of just help Justin be more even keeled and more well-rounded, which is, is definitely exciting. It's not going to be as exciting as throwing 80-yard touchdowns to Tyron yeah. Johnson, but like from a development standpoint, I'm really excited to see how that comes together. Yeah. So we won't have to worry about Herbert throwing a 50-yard dot than running <laughs> and getting stuffed. So you have second yeah. 14 now. So yeah, that's a positive for sure. So, again, this year, Chargers, you've been kind of not skeptical, but like more or less on the Chargers are for sure lock to make the postseason because you had the Steelers making the postseason, which I still think is ridiculous. But whatever. Uh, are you still more on that side of a little skeptical if the Chargers make the postseason, or do you think that the Chargers have a legitimate chance to make the playoffs this year? No, I definitely have them. 
I definitely have them as being a playoff contender and I have them making a wild card spot. My skepticism is more about them being anything more than that. Like I think this year is going to set the foundation for listen, like this is who we are. This is who we're going to be. And I think this is just kind of like setting up the next season, which is going to be the big push. Like the chargers could have 60, $70 million in cap space. They have 10 draft picks next year. <clears throat> so, <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the Chargers will make the playoffs. Like I have them winning 11 games and making the playoffs. It's just that I think it's going to take them another year for them to make that next leap. So the skepticism is in them being a Super Bowl contender, but I definitely think they are playoff contenders. As for the Steelers, I – am confident in them making the playoffs and I am even more confident now because the Ravens are a mess and everybody on that team is getting injured left and right. So unless Lamar Jackson is running for 2,500 yards this season, I, I just don't really know enough if I feel confident enough in the Ravens making it. Um, so I have the Ravens out as of now and I have the Steelers being second in that division. And, and I understand the skepticism and you know I definitely do not love the moves that they made, but I think as long as, you know, you have Najee Harris really being kind of the player that Le'Veon Bell was, then the Steelers should be in good shape. And I do think that Harris could be have a huge year. Yeah. Pittsburgh, I kind of understand. It's when people start talking about the Dolphins being a for sure postseason lock. I'm like, okay, let, yeah. let's calm down. No, the AFC East is, is weird because, like, everybody's kind of just assuming that the Patriots are going to be better. And I understand that, like, they, they made some huge roster upgrades. Um, but you still have Mac Jones. And, like, yes, he fits the system. Yes, he's he's kind of gives you, you know, the same kind of quality of quarterback uh, of, of a Tom Brady, someone who can manage the game, make smart reads, be accurate. Obviously not calling him Tom Brady just in terms of, like, yeah. style of play. But, like, he's still a rookie. You never – like, you really never know with the rookie quarterbacks what they're going to do one week. You know, they play the Dolphins in week one tomorrow, and the Dolphins' defense is so complicated and so tough to get a read on. Mac Jones could really be awful tomorrow, and that wouldn't be a surprise to me. And then the and, whole Twitter universe is going to go into a <laughs> mental breakdown. Yeah, so I, I'm kind of a wait and see on the Patriots and the Dolphins. You know, I was a big Tua guy coming out of the draft, but – Again, we just we need to see it more. You know, this is is not a team I think that can really carry him to the playoffs. Like I think they can be close if he's kind of just hovering around average, but if they're going to make the playoffs, like he has to be at least good and yeah. we just haven't seen that yet. So I'm waiting to see on the Patriots and the Bills or Patriots and the Dolphins, excuse me. Yeah. I actually personally, even though the Dolphins were higher than the Jets on our power rankings, I if you gun in my head, I might actually pick the Jets because I just kind of like the move they made in the offseason. They lost Carl Lawson, but I don't know. Tua just hasn't looked well. The defense really pro like primed themselves on turnovers last year and can't really. Yeah. It's so hard to lead the league back to back years in turnover, right. and you don't have a great pass rush. I mean, unless Jalen Phillips is the second coming of prime JJ Watt, then I'll shut up on that one. But. <laughs> oh. No, I think Jalen Phillips will make an impact, but I understand why they cut Kyle Vanoy in theory, but like he was their best pass rusher last year. So it, it is going to be interesting. And again, I, I happen to think the Bills are going to be great, 
this year. And I don't really see the Patriots or Dolphins kind of even splitting with them at this point. So it, it's just going to be tough. And the Dolphins have a very difficult schedule um, opening up. Let me make sure I get this right. But uh, if I remember correctly, they play like four playoff teams from last year right off the bat. Sorry, live TV, everybody. Yeah, so they play the Patriots tomorrow. Then they play the Bills. Then they play the Raiders, which, you know, it's the Raiders, but it's in Las Vegas. Then they play the Colts and the Buccaneers. So that's that's a really tough opening five weeks for this team. Yeah. Then they get the Jaguars and Texans in back-to-back weeks. But um, that is definitely not an easy opening schedule for a team that's kind of in a transition period right now. Yeah. Oof, oof that's tough. Also, go Oregon. Throw up two touchdowns now. Let's go. <laughs> I don't even like Oregon, but screw you. Um, so, so much Ohio State in, in the Chargers podcast. <laughs> Was that the second uh, reference of Ohio State? Oh, no. screw, screw them. Um, so how many for sure, like, playoff teams are there? I mean, are we assuming it's probably Cleveland? I don't think any of the AFC South teams are for sure playoff teams. That didn't, I mean, is it really yeah. like Cleveland, Buffalo, and KC, and then fill in the blank for the other four? I don't think that Tennessee is like on that same level of team, right? Like they're not a Super Bowl contender in yeah. my opinion, but like, I, I just, I can't trust the Colts right now. They have so many injuries. They're going to, they don't have a left tackle. Like Sam Tevy was going to be that guy for the first few weeks while Eric Fisher rehabs. Tevy tore his ACL, they cut him. Now they're trying to decide if they want to start Eric Fisher sooner rather than later. And like, that's fine. Like he's a good player, but coming back from an Achilles injury as a 300 pound offensive lineman, like that's not going to be pretty to watch. And then Quentin Nelson is hurt. Carson Wentz, it was hurt. And then was supposed to practice. Then he got COVID because he's an anti-vaccine loser. So it, there's just a lot of moving parts around the Colts that I just don't really trust in terms of making the playoffs. Like I think they'll be solid and probably win eight or nine games but that's not good enough in the AFC. So I think the Titans are kind of a lock by default just because, like I said, I don't, I don't trust the Colts at all. So I think you have the Bills, the Chiefs, the Browns, and the Titans as kind of the locks to make it. And then you've got, you know, the Dolphins, Steelers, Chargers, Ravens. Uh, I guess you could count the Colts all in kind of that second tier of fighting for those last three spots. Yeah. Uh, only argument – I would give the Colts well, first on like the no left tackle thing. So I preached all like draft season and in every mock draft uh, for the Colts to take. I think I'm mocking like Christian Darrisaw often at that spot. And actually, I think Danny go like the spot right after because the right after, yeah, traded down. So yeah. yeah, now that move looks like it's buying them in buying them in the butt right now. But um, I still kind of trust Frank Reich. I think you kind of have to trust this. Yeah, stuff. Uh, now you're the flu suit in a regular year where there's not 10 or 12 NFL head coach caliber candidates, Matty Flus is a head coach right now, but you retain him. You got to trust his coaching staff. And if there's anybody that's going to fix what the hell was wrong with Carson Wentz last year, it's going to be Frank Wright. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. And I think hopefully Michael Porter, Michael, not Michael Porter, Michael Pittman Jr. has a, has a, Close. Him. Yeah, close. Wrong sport. Uh, <laughs> he has a breakout year for him because they'll need it. 
Um, no, like I, I trust them to win games, right? Like I just don't trust them to get over that hump this year. Like it's the AFC is so, so difficult this season. And I, like, I just, there's too many moving parts and like, I do trust Frank Reich as a head coach and I do trust him to get Carson Wentz back to being not terrible. But again, <laughs> I need to see it, right? Like it's yeah. the same conversation around like Tua and Mac, like in theory, it could work. But in theory, he could also be terrible. Like these reclamation projects, you know, it's not always that you get Ryan Tannehill to work again. Sometimes you don't. So it's going to be so interesting to see Wentz and Jameis in the in the NFC. Like, are they able to figure it out? Or when they're going at stuff, are they do they just revert back to the hero ball, which got them in trouble? So that's kind of just where I'm at with the Colts is like, I think – they should win games, but also the variance there is just so wide. Like Carson Wentz could be awful again, and they could win four or five games. So that's just kind of where they're at right now. Or Carson Wentz could play like, or he could play awesome and they could be a awesome. Super Bowl contender. Yeah. Yeah. So very polarizing team there. So let's go back to the Chargers here, wrap up with three quick questions. So who is the like X factor to watch for tomorrow's game? Yeah. To me, on defense, I think it's Michael Davis. You know, I, I kind of referenced Ryan Fitzpatrick's turnover-worthy tendencies earlier. Um, I think Davis is kind of going to be that guy that's shadowing Terry McLaurin. So that he's going to have some opportunities to, to make plays, but he's also going to have some opportunities to potentially get picked on because Terry McLaurin's really freaking good. Um, so on defense, I think it's him. On offense, I think it's Ode Abushi because – I think a lot of Chargers fans kind of overhyped him as, as like this really, really good offensive lineman. Um, but I think the Chargers just signed him because they needed like a dependable, serviceable last option on the team, because that's, that's the thing in the NFL in terms of offensive line. You want to avoid catastrophe. Like you want to avoid having a Sam Tevy or having a Trent Scott or having, you know, a Ryan Groy. So I think the thing with Ode Ibushi is that you just want him to be solid and I think he can do that, but this matchup is tough for him because, you know, everybody's focusing on Chase Young and Montez Sweat, and rightfully so, but Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis, like, that's a very difficult defensive tackle trio, and you can't hide against that trio as a guard. Like, you know, if you have one good defensive tackle, then you can hide him, right? You can hide the guard, that is. But they have three. So this is going to be a difficult matchup for Ode Ibushi. If he plays well, then genuinely I think the Chargers offense will be okay. If he doesn't, then that's probably where the Chargers could, you know, be forced into a turnover, get a couple sacks. Like, so to me, it's Ode Ibushi and Michael Davis. Yeah, Michael Davis, I could definitely um, – I would actually probably agree with that one as well because – I mean, he's probably your number one. He's, he's definitely your number one outside corner because Chris Harris Jr. primarily is a slot corner. Um, yeah. And again, I'm just really curious, and I'm so pumped up to see how, like, Brandon Staley use, utilizes his defensive chess piece. It's like how he uses Derwin James. Uh, yeah. I mean, and then, like, Casey or the Raiders or whatever. I mean, she could freaking have him on Darren Waller, Travis Kelsey, and then other weeks he can play him primarily in the box, which is – yeah awesome uh so i think you can actually yeah i think michael davis is definitely one of them so if he can not eliminate terry mclaurin but just you know make ryan fitzpatrick think otherwise that would be awesome 
And then offensively, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat here. I'm gonna go Rashawn Slater because can we get Northwestern versus Ohio State? <laughs> so yeah. Washington's gonna be for a rough one if if that's the Rashawn Slater that we get. So I'm really pumped up to see that matchup. Uh, Herbert's gonna sling it. Keenan is the top five receiver. So that's that. Um, the Chargers win if fill in the blank. Um, I think the Chargers win if they force Ryan Fitzpatrick into two turnovers or more. To me, that really is the key because that gives the Chargers offense short fields. And again, I know everybody's focusing on the defensive line for the Washington, but I happen to think that Rashawn Slater, like you said, is going to hold his own. Like, I think he's going to handle his business. And I think Corey Lindsley, you know, his addition cannot be understated enough so to me the key is forcing ryan fitzpatrick into multiple turnovers and i think that they will do that i think derwin james joey bosa forces sack fumble potentially and then michael davis or sunday samuel jr gets an interception so um yeah that's that's kind of the the biggest thing for me uh chargers win if the chargers don't turn the ball over i think that's this is the defense that going back. I know we don't want to spend it because, again, I think I'm optimistic with the offense being able to at least handle their own in the defense. I think the defense will be just fine against the football team. But being able to control the ball, not have any turnovers, winning the turnover battle. Because, um, yeah, the defense is so daggone good for Washington. You can't really ignore, especially in the front seven. So limiting turnovers and, like you said, forcing them. Uh, so what would be your final score prediction? So the over-under for this game is 44 and a half. A lot of people are predicting kind of a defensive slugfest, but I happen to think this is going to be a higher scoring game than people think. Um, You know, traditionally we kind of see defenses get out to slow starts in September. Uh, Takes them a little while to get used to, you know, the new offensive game plans that are being installed. Uh, So I have the Chargers winning 27 to 23, uh, which is obviously, you know, 50 points. So it would be the over. Um, but I definitely do not fault anyone who kind of is projecting a, a defensive slugfest. But um, I think Justin Herbert has a good day, not like insane, but I think you could throw for like 270, a couple touchdowns. Um, and I think, like I said, I think the defense has a really good day forcing some turnovers on Ryan Fitzpatrick. And uh, yeah, I think the Chargers get the job done. 28 20 Chargers. I think Herbert does have a good day. Eckler, I think he'll have a modest day. I think Eckler's kind of the one I'm like, Especially from like a running perspective, I think Eckler would get his own as a receiver. Uh, but yeah. running the ball might be a little bit of a tough one. But I think Eckler have a decent game, and then the defense will produce as well. So twenty eight twenty, that's also the over. I thought about the under, but it's just, yeah, like you said, it's so hard to September. Yeah. You know, betting so. is just more fun when you take the over. It's yeah. just more fun that way. <laughs> yeah. So um, if there's anything else, Steven, I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, I guess we can wrap it up on one last as as of recording. Come on, Oregon. I know they got, they're up by seven now. So it's been a really good game. It looks like, um, you know, really excited about that. I just can't wait for tomorrow, man. I I, I love watching games like this, Ohio State and Oregon. Yeah. But like the other games right now, like our Tennessee and like Pittsburgh and like yeah. Florida, <laughs> like college football is the best of college football is great to watch, but I can't sit here and watch like bad college football. And then teams it sucks. Play. Like there's only like 
four good games that are all <laughs> like it's a 12 o'clock box game well the conference schedule for the sec isn't even like they haven't really started yet so you can't even go to yeah. CBS right after you're stuck with Notre dame and toledo yeah so i'm just really excited for tomorrow i think the chargers are in a good spot um and I, I totally understand the concerns of some people like alex uh my co-host thinks that chase young's gonna have like two sacks like a bunch of pressures and i don't know like i just I, I really have been so impressed with the way that Rashawn Slater has performed in training camp and the preseason game that he played in. Mm -hmm. um, so I think he's going to handle his business and have a, a great season. And I, Chargers, like, I listen to this podcast, please, and, like, give me some more Rashawn Slater jerseys. Like, I need to get me that Vapor Rashawn Slater jersey. But right now it's just, you know, it's just the game jersey, which is fine. But, you know, I need <laughs> me that Vapor jersey, man. Yeah. Um, and actually, one last, last thing. Um, NFL, please don't botch this. Reports are saying you're bringing all 22 back. Don't botch this, please. Get oh, my God. Back. The whole Should thing, that was just, that whole thing was so stupid. Yeah. But, yeah. Should have been taken out anyway. So yeah. pull it Madden and take it out and bring it back when you <laughs> get in the first place. So that's going to wrap things up, guys. So it'll be posted immediately as well, as soon as possible. So. Listen to this, and then we're, support your Chargers. Or, well, if you're a weirdo, go support some other team. For tomorrow, you're a weirdo. But thanks, Steven, as always. Good to have you on. And uh, let's go, Chargers. Let's support Sunlight's podcast. See you guys. We'll be back. Live shows on ColorCast on Tuesday. See you guys later.